0: Welcome to the Veloce Podcast: Fast and Fluid Conversation with KMP and Richard Bott.
1: welcome back yeah uh, yet again <laughs> um so we have well we're going to cover the formula one aren't we so we had the yes. bahrain grand prix um so that was last weekend wasn't it it was um so we've just had easter haven't we uh, so we we thought we'd delay it and um, do it for easter monday didn't we yes But well, we time. thought we'd have
0: a little look at the extreme e so we'll, we'll touch on that a little yeah. bit yeah yeah. Go through.
1: Absolutely. So I uh, make we focus a lot. Um, last week on motorsport. So we're still going to talk about the Formula One, of course, especially being round one. Um yeah. But we're going to focus a bit more on road cars this week. Yeah, a aren't bit more we? to talk
0: about. We've got a good um, week, haven't we, with road cars? Yeah.
1: So we've been um testing a variety of cars. Um, we always wanted to kind of bring uh the review into into it anyway, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, and we've been very lucky to drive some nice variety all, of cars. We, really, yeah, haven't we? we, ride, we this we've week, we been doing some nice stuff. Because um, we'll
0: talk about that over the coming weeks, won't we? Yeah, anything, so
1: yeah, but. absolutely. So, um, yeah, so a bit later on in the podcast, we'll focus on that and we'll also go through a little driving gem bit as well. Yeah, so what about the form one then? Let's start with that. So, well,
0: yeah, I mean, what did it's you think? Eagerly anticipated, yeah, and you know, given the form through the testing, yeah, they did obviously did three days at the same circuit, uh, and then audio Friday, Saturday morning, qualifying, all dominated by Max Verstappen. So, mm-hmm. Really, it was Red Bull's race to lose, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and they did. Yeah, well, that's. The,
1: I I um I always wondered, as you know, I'm a bit um uh, how do you put it dubious about uh, preseason testing. Yes, <laughs> um, yeah, because you never know what people are showing, do you? Um, but like you say, on the actual weekend. Um, it looked like Red Bull really were the guys to to win. Um, yeah, and
0: quite a dominant pole, really. Yeah, absolutely. And quickest in, yeah. quick on... in every session. Wasn't it? Which is huge. And he was quickest in every session.
1: Absolutely. So um, yeah, like pre-season testing, I wasn't sure you could see Mercedes were struggling, but you never know what they're testing. No. But Hamilton did have a couple of major spins, which. Um, it's unusual, yeah. isn't it? They were you know? definitely struggling um, in the testing. Absolutely. But they had a couple of weeks, didn't they, before the actual event. And, of course, with their resources, they've managed to... they managed know, to... Because they're still operating
0: under the budget cap. So it's the people they've got that have made the, yeah. well, I think, the difference um, there, I guess. Obviously,
1: Lewis Hamilton winning, I think, has shown really the class of Lewis and the team yes. as, as a whole. You know. Yeah.
0: Um, because Red Bull, again, bizarre, seemed to like forget they had prayers with them at all. Mm-hmm. You know. oh yeah
1: I, I mean I always thought with Perez's experience this will really show now because they've always had juniors haven't they Yeah, it's coming easy to, straight to understand. in yeah, yeah. Um, so you can see how it's overwhelming for a junior how they end up in a bit of a mess that kind of thing whereas Perez has got a lot of experience yeah. he knows how good he is we all know how good he is on Sundays yeah. so uh, he's a proven quantity he is yeah um, in qualifying they threw him straight out into traffic yeah because they're so, so focused get, on uh, on Max yes so of course then where is he uh, and I'm then okay. didn't put him on
0: the right tyres I mean he was academic in the end because he broke down on the outlap, yeah. didn't he
1: but... yeah but it does make you wonder um, and I've seen a few comments people saying why are they even running another car yeah, <laughs> you yeah <know>? exactly <laughs> because you, I know it's normal to have perhaps potentially a one and two um, and you don't want you know, two kind of Lewis Hamiltons together, or two Maxes together. Well, you saw that with Daniel Ricciardo and Max. It started to end in fireworks a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, it always does. um, History tells you that. Yeah, well, exactly. You know, seen it time and time again. That's why it works so well. Uh, No disrespect to Valtteri, but it works so well because Hamilton is just normally that little bit quicker. And we're talking a a, a small amount, but enough that... um, it works well for Mercedes because Bottas normally, I know he had probably the worst start he's ever had to a season since being at Mercedes hmm. um, because he's normally, if anything, more dominant in the.
0: Yeah, and he didn't really show round. up, did he?
1: No, I, I think he he spoke quite openly about having a sports psychologist, um, which in most sports is a normal thing, isn't it? Um, you know, having a, a performance coach in all ways. Um, but for whatever reason, in motorsport, it seems to have been missed a lot, and I, I've yeah. never really understood that. No, I, I know Martin Brundle spoke about it, and he said it was always viewed wrongly, but viewed as weak. Um, and there
0: is, there is, I mean, I don't know how true it is, but there were rumours a few years ago that, that Nigel Mansell helped Lewis, mm-hmm. um, Jackie Stewart spoke to Grosjean, and he spoke to Lewis, you know, yeah. so, so people helping them with mind management, Yeah, you know, from people, from two guys who were really good at that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but having an actual, he, he still kind of frowned upon, and not really talked about, like yeah. the fact that we don't really know if Mansell went and spoke to Lewis. Yeah, exactly. You know?
1: exactly. But look, this time, Bottas we know has had proper performance coach yes. mentally. Yeah. um Now I'm sure a lot of people go, oh, well, what good did that make when he, you know? But he's, I believe, been with Mercedes for five years. Is that right or four, five? I think. Yeah.
0: Um, it's four. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know. This being his fifth year, I think. I, think I, could, is, yeah. I could be
1: wrong. Um, uh, yeah so uh, so of course he's got five years of that build up because if you, cause if down, you look yeah. at his um, record as such every year he gets a bit weaker he does yeah, he does yeah. as Lewis becomes stronger and stronger every year he's getting weaker and weaker and you can see it's a mental thing I have no doubt whatsoever in Valtteri's pace at all and his ability
0: oh he's a quick racing driver
1: but the the big thing is is it's the whole package and the very between being a very very good one of the best in the world and the greats is that mental approach and and a lot of people probably will call it arrogance but the greats have that don't they they? they're not quite the same it's like Martin Brundle spoke of. Um, so, you interviewed Fernando Alonso, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, he did. Yeah. And what did he say about that?
0: He said, of all, he'd been, he's been a motor racing all his life, and he said, You are one of the top 5% of the toughest people I've ever met.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think it takes that. You've almost got to be a bit different, haven't you? Um, well, it
0: showed when when, when at McLaren, when it was Alonso and Hamilton at McLaren, it just exploded into a mess. Yeah. Because that's what happens. Like you yeah. did with Senna and Prost. Yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. A rock and a hard place is never going to work. Two balls in one field, I think Ron Dennis describes it as. Yeah,
1: well, because I do think um, you kind of need one one nicer guy (laughs) you know don't you in some respects and i don't mean that badly but um biggest problem is he's too nice and i think he i mean he's he, he proved it last year he got it um he got to a point where he was looking at troll comments and things and responding to that which is a no win situation and to be fair um you know lewis gets just as much stick for different reasons yeah um as voucher gets um you know so i think um for the thing is you just can't focus on those negatives and as much as you tell people i'm not if you're talking about it you kind of are no, it's in the no. front of your mind so and um, so i'm sure he's hopefully he'll, he'll get stronger as the season goes on but i almost feel for voucher unless he gets a fresh start i'm not sure whether he will but we'll, we'll see i think just lewis has always been phenomenal but now he's seven-time world champion you know, he's at the best he's ever been. You know, so how? And do I
0: don't know whether he. I mean, he's not. He's not number two, is he? No, you know? I don't
1: think. I think if honestly, if Outree suddenly, well, look, Rosberg did it. Yeah. So we know that they'll back the horse that's going to get them the championship.
0: But going back in the history, you know, if you look at somebody like Ronnie, Peterson, he was <laughs> one of the legends of the sport. Um, he was was signed as number two to mm. Mario Andretti. Mm. So Andretti, you know, is one of my big heroes. It, he knew he wasn't as quick as Peterson, but Peterson's job was to sit behind him, and, and he did, and he sat, like, there, behind yeah. him, <laughs> hoping yeah. he'd break. Yeah. But he didn't overtake him. But well, his job was to be number two. Yeah. Valtteri's job isn't to be number two. No,
1: exactly. It's not, it isn't it's just in just, the He's just, having to assume that role. It's yeah. not in the script, no. Absolutely, and I we know from Rosberg, you know, as soon as Rosberg kind of outthought Lewis in, in certain ways, I appreciate Lewis had some unfortunate situations but hey you could argue that I mean gosh look at Valtteri last year he was really unlucky with things you can't look at it like that and that's why somebody else has got a championship you know because I think they most of the time there is a bit of luck involved mm. whatever you know um, I mean if you look at Lewis um, and then when um, oh, Williams' driver um, came in to replace him
0: Oh, uh, Russell, George Russell. Yes, George yeah.
1: Russell. Yeah, how unlucky was that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it just, things happen sometimes. But I it?
0: do, and I said this at the time, that I think Lewis would have won that race because he, with his experience and his place in the team, he would have said, no, I'm not pitting now. Tires yep. are fine. Yep. Well, George had no choice; he had to do what he was told. Yeah, and you've got. And you to, think, well, that's why Lewis is a 7 time world champion, yeah. whether you like him or not.
1: Yeah. Oh, know. yeah. But I, I do understand from George's perspective, you're not going to go in there and boss a team around. No, no, of course you're not. And also, to be honest, normally, I mean, they were having a bad day. Yes. Normally, they're not on a bad day, so you would trust the, their judgment and their call, wouldn't you, as a as a driver? So, um, yeah. You'd say. So anyway, moving on, because also we're talking a lot about Mercedes here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what about the Alpine then?
0: Well, I mean, as we've said, you know, Fernando Alonso is an operator, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And he said he's not ready yet. Mm-hmm. And yet he was dragging that car to places it shouldn't have been, and you know, just oh, yeah, showed basic. his absolute class. At really. one point,
1: he was behind Leclerc, and um, yeah, you well, know, he was like sixth or seventh. He went in the ten. pits,
0: came out like fourth.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember Martin Brundle and a couple of the other guys saying the car just looked wild because yeah. he's basically massively outdriving. Yeah. this
0: yeah. car. it's not ready for um, Fernando Alonso, yeah. which well, is what Williams said, didn't they, a few years ago, and they were they were moving before they kind of started to drop down again started to move up and and Martin Brundle said would you have Fernando Alonso Mm. and they said we're not ready for Fernando Alonso well Alpine isn't quite ready for Fernando Alonso
1: but I think um, it will be good for Alpine because I think ultimately uh, rightly or wrongly Alonso is very strong-minded. and will probably push the team quite a lot forward. They will, yeah. I think you're probably going to have, have to up their game. Uh, yeah, and you're going to have to manage him. Yeah, I think because he's quite a political man. Um, but I do think, uh, honestly, yeah, I think uh, that it could be really good for that team. I think for Rockon, it's not going to be a good thing having you it's gonna know. Diff-
0: it's going to be a long year for Ocon I think. Yeah, I could be wrong.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: I've yeah, I've been wrong about as we'll come on to in a second. I've been a little bit wrong, I think, so far with my predictions with other teams. Yeah. Um, but I do I think that it would be a long season for Ocon
1: yeah well Alonso you speak to many guys in the sport um, and team bosses and things uh, whereas we've both had a few conversations um, through other events with them and it's amazing how many people say Fernando Alonso is the best all round driver Hmm. Um, that is too political you know Um, so uh, yeah it'll be interesting to see but I think it certainly proves the point about age though. You oh, know, yeah, yeah. obviously okay, I understand your 80s and things it's different but, No, but you know being 40 is no big like deal but like I said that
0: Mario Andretti was still doing front line Indy cars well into his 50s yeah
1: yeah. well you if know. you think Damon didn't debut until he was in his 30s no. we've got a bit obsessed with them being 16 yeah and I think actually what's the rush you know um because if anything, these cars are probably a little bit easier to drive in, or from a physical element. Hmm. Obviously, I appreciate you've got the G-forces, don't you? Yeah, but you? the
0: power steering.
1: and Exactly, but there is also more aids. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think hopefully it proves that point. So it means drivers can have a longer life. Um, yes, okay, that means the juniors have to wait a bit longer, but that's not a bad thing. Come in with a no. bit more experience, that kind of thing, and then be ready to hit the ground running a bit more. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's a good thing. So, what about McLaren?
0: Well, McLaren, again, looked strong, didn't they? But well, this is one of the ones that, that, that so far, after the first weekend, um, I predicted that... that I, I thought Norris would struggle a bit with Ricardo, mm. and it was actually the other way around. Mm. I know he had damage in the race, Daniel. He had
1: damage almost from the first lap on the yeah. floor. Yeah, so he, he with
0: somebody. I can't remember who, well, yeah. He with somebody. Yeah, they?
1: I think it's That's really hard to tell.
0: After one weekend, it's hard yeah. to tell. But Norris was on the odds game all weekend. Yeah.
1: If you think about with Daniel with um what happened at Renault, it took him probably three meetings and then suddenly bang he was dominant. Old dark on again. And and, and <laughs> I think this is what you're going to potentially see is Daniel you can see on the face of it always happy smiling, Mr. a nice guy joker, but he's very serious about what he does. And I think he's a, like you say, a proper operator, and, yes. and he's known for that. Um, he's so got a I call of
0: steel. I always say that about Daniel Ricciardo.
1: Absolutely. So I do think he he said at the end of the race, you know, because um, he outqualified Norris, um, but then he got that damage, and he said he's just not quite found the sweet spot with the setup yet. The car feels quite different, um, so it's work to do. But you think he wasn't that far behind, considering. But all of that said. Norris is getting faster and faster and faster and more and more confident and he's a young lad and and I love his kind of outlook you know the way he clearly loves what he does um it's quite refreshing for the sport that he's he doesn't always take everything super seriously obviously he does with his job but outside of that he has a bit of a laugh and it's it's kind of nice and i wonder if that's why they wanted both of them together because yeah. it's a great pr machine isn't it yes um because it's nice for spectators to see all of that you know on social and media Santa Brown so. is
0: so good at what he does he's yeah. clever yeah you
1: know? so so we're we'll saying but yeah i mean i i'm really rooting for mclaren i think um they're getting stronger all the time. We think, yeah, Zach Brown's doing a mega job of, of leading them and, and getting
0: employing the right people.
1: Exactly, putting the right you know, team together. Yeah. ultimately that's his uh, job. And I think Seidel, he's doing You know,
0: that. he brought it from Porsche, didn't he? To, yeah. And you know, he's caught up with that clever diffuser. And you know, just, Zach Brown knows what he's doing.
1: Uh, oh, absolutely. So what about the Aston? Well,
0: we've said this before, haven't we? That when it was a pink Mercedes last year. Mm-hmm. If you copy somebody else's design, you don't know the, the, the philosophy behind it, yeah. why yeah. Mercedes have done things a certain way, um, and um, Otmar has said that you know that they've been penalised because it's a low-rate car, mm. and they warn the rule makers, and he think, well, that's, that's tough, that's how it is, but I think because they didn't design the car themselves, and they'll argue that they did, but they clearly didn't, um, they now don't know what to do with it, because oh, the funny. Mercedes won the race, mm-hmm. and that's a low-rate car.
1: Yeah. But Orz and
0: Aston are really like nowhere really.
1: Well, um, I know Vettel found it very, very difficult to drive. Yeah. And and there's a lot of niggles with it, things that aren't right. I do think that the low rate cars are being hit a little bit harder with this reduction of aero. But um, that said, like you say, Mercedes, okay. Um, I don't think they had the quickest car this weekend, but it wasn't far off either. No, you know, so that that's the thing that Aston have to look at, and yeah, hopefully, now being Aston, they'll have more resources to yeah, to but they can't produce. spend any more than anybody
0: else. So. No,
1: but compared to the past, I suppose that hopefully now there is a cap on it, that yeah. kind of thing. But I just wonder if they they... they've
0: painted themselves into a corner a bit with it because they yeah. don't know now what how to get themselves out of it.
1: But do you think that's why they've got somebody like? Um, um, Vettel I was going to say for staffing them from yeah. there. <laughs> yeah maybe um, you know, but not because hey you know, there's a huge amount of people to, to get um, a car to that level you know um, it's not down to the driver is it but he has been to a lot of high-end teams knows how they operate yeah. so he's got a lot of knowledge there and he will know a lot of what's going on behind the scenes so he can bring that to Aston um, I think that's a, a big asset for them ultimately so and I think you'll see um uh, Vettel gets stronger and stronger really yeah. as, as the season goes on. I really do as he gets settled. We probably should move on though, shouldn't we? Yeah, but I was just going line... to mention about Ferrari. Yeah. Was going to because they were on. the other one
0: that I, I predicted that the that science would struggle a bit with the clerk, and he's actually been right on him. The only thing is, and we've not seen it play out yet, um, the clerk is an Alonso, and on Sunday mm-hmm. he's relentless, mm-hmm. and he was again. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the car still doesn't look that quick in a straight line. Um, but Leclerc had it like like, up into fourth place for a lot of the race
1: oh yeah I think what I would love to see sadly I don't think it will ever happen is Lewis and Leclerc in the same team it it won't happen but it would be lovely to see because I think Leclerc well we watch a lot of the junior ranks and the last person to be so dominant in Formula 2 yeah was (laughs) was lois <laughs> well, yeah so you exactly. know when you when you look looking at it that when well, he won and then euro f3 clear. then
0: he won fiaf or gp3 as it was yeah. at the time then he won f2 all yeah. at his first attempt and yeah. when he did f2 every time we put it on the clerk on pole the clerk on pole the clerk yeah. he's like bang christ you know and,
1: and that just doesn't happen <laughs> no. in formula two no. you know because obviously at that level people know what they're doing yeah um and they've been doing it a long time it, you know they're trying to get into formula one there's a huge amount of money and resources going into it so to be dominant is well that's why Ferrari well, have done this. What is the the deal they've done with him? It's the longest deal oh, they've like done. It's like the longest contract. deal they've ever done with a driver, yeah.
0: five years or something.
1: Yeah, um, and but, I think that says says a lot. You I know, mean his F2 of,
0: lap record around Bahrain is still held by the clerk. Yeah, which is the race when he went in with about ten laps to go and changed tyres and mm. came from like eighteenth and won it. You know, yeah, it was yeah, very driver. very
1: special. Yeah, uh, but that shows, to be fair to science, how good and perhaps underrated science is. Yeah. you know because certainly in testing and the qualifying sessions up to the final one because then he was stuck in traffic and then the yellow and all that so it didn't pan out but um he was actually quicker than leclerc (laughs) so we'll see anyway so i
0: stopped you moving on then then that's okay (laughs) Um, yeah sorry
1: so extreme e then so you've seen (laughs) more of this than i have to be honest well uh...
0: (laughs) I didn't know what to think of it i said i said to you, to you didn't know that there's very very little information on the website there's a lot yeah. of words yeah but i didn't really tell you anything so like yeah. where were the tracks what do the tracks look like how long are the tracks what's yeah. the format mm-hmm. and it was so hard to find information mm-hmm. and it turned out you know i watched a couple of bits and pieces of it and there's some massive names in it like lobes oh, in is, it yeah. in it. Rosberg and hamilton have got teams mm-hmm. um and it was as dull as ditch water.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I mean, it perhaps will change it, I don't know.
1: Yeah, but, I think man, it was boring. That, I mean, it's great that it's a, a male-female duo. I think yeah. it's brilliant for females in the sport, especially having those kind of contacts and connections. There's lots of great things and it's great to see something new. But straight away, one flaw is having three cars going off on sand together yeah you could clearly see whoever got in the lead had a massive advantage that was the end of that really they could see (laughs) and the other two couldn't see so they ended up you know so i I thought they've got to do something about that because you basically can't really race no because you end up on a bizarre line miles away to otherwise be able to see yeah um or you have to drop back and then you could see basically each time that was what was happening so and they were showing obviously second or third place, So you just couldn't see just yeah. loads and loads of sand. Yeah, you're talking um,
0: about F1 can't follow.
1: Yeah, and it's yeah, you like, need to be
0: about a mile behind to get an idea. Yeah. Of what, well, I mean, I so think Formula E I,
1: it's certainly some mining out, isn't there?
0: Because we're might say people the room Formula E, and Formula E is dying on its feet. Slowly. Oh yeah, there's a couple of people have come out now and said um, that there was. Oh, I can't think what which driver it was it's escaped me duval, Low duval. Yeah. um you said it is it, it, they are the most boring racing cars you'll ever drive in your life
1: is um, that right and of course
0: all the manufacturers are pulling out because it's mm. not they've kind of done that now they're all going to le mans and
1: well like of course Porsche now you've F1 got these and, hyper cars yeah. and things in le mans and i think it's going to be a brilliant time for sports cars that's yeah. going to be mega but formula is um, kind of
0: because it is pretty you know they all set off round of the car park <laughs> you know, and, it's, and I, I mean, think they've done the same thing with with. The, but perhaps it'll get better. They've got time to look at it and think, okay, that format yeah. hasn't particularly worked. Because
1: I think it's great that they're trying new things, yeah. a new concepts, so and that's brilliant for the sport. Um, but you could see there were a few things that weren't quite right. They've um,
0: reinvented the wheel, really.
1: And I think they just need to iron it out a bit. Yeah, and, and they, like you rightly said, the, some of the commentators didn't know virtually any of the female no, drivers' no. names. Now, admittedly, that might be because there's some that perhaps haven't got that much yeah, experience i don't know but you should know peter mckay would have known that yeah news. absolutely absolutely <laughs> it doesn't look great no, does it it no. doesn't make it look that professional so no. that you know that's one thing to to say but yeah i think we've got yeah. to give it give it we'll another go yeah absolutely yeah. give it a bit of time give it a go and see what happens so i suppose we should actually move on to the road section as we yes. said this would be more road focused yes <laughs> <So> yeah we've <laughs> got, got to road garden, haven't we yet to move on so um we spent uh part of the week down in hampshire didn't we
0: we did um, a client's house, all COVID yeah. secure.
1: Yeah, of very course, Very socially distanced. And, yeah, yeah, um, um, yeah. and um, this uh, client, um, well, it's become a good friend of mine, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, over the time, and well, like a lot of uh, clients, they uh, have some nice cars, don't yes. they? Um, which
0: he very kindly said, we could come and review and film yeah. and photograph. And...
1: So we won't give away the game of all of the things that you've seen and, and reviewed and but we're focus- focusing on two, aren't we? Yes. Two very different cars as well. So we're going to look at the the Trophy R Megane. Yeah. Which I couldn't believe the price tag of that, by the way. No. <laughs> so only 32 were made and they start at 50,000. But then there's two Nürburgring specials at 72,000. Yes. Um, which you think, well, wow, that is a lot for a Megane. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, we'll focus on well, that. we about that, in a and minute. we're also going to look at the 992 Targa and Targa S, aren't we? Yes, um, but it was the Heritage
0: Design Edition, specifically, wasn't it? That absolutely. Was the, so it was again, a rare thing again, yeah,
1: a very rare, rare thing. So I don't know if you want to kick off with the the Trophy R, a yeah. Bit.
0: So the Trophy R, then, um Renault Sport. But I've built some brilliant bits of kit over the years. You know that the, I remember the Clio the Renault Sport Clio 200, which is not the current shape, the previous one, the last three-door one they did. What a brilliant car that was. Yeah, it had like Brembo brakes on it as standard. It's a f- fantastic car. And my understanding is that the, the, the current Renault Sport Clio is, is, is a good car, though. the only one I've driven is this <laughs> Trophy oh, yeah. R. Um, and I, if you'd have said to me, this is a 25 grand car, you'd think this is a good car, This, it's all like yeah. right, this. Yeah. As soon as you get up towards 50-odd grand, mm-hmm. You start to think, hmm, it's a bit compromised, really. For mm-hmm. that. I understand the rarity of it. And it is quite a, it's a special car. Mm. It's got some clever kit on it, you know. Oh,
1: absolutely. I wouldn't say no to one. No. But I think as soon as you're getting 50 to 70 grand, you know, you, there's a, suddenly quite a market of cars, yes. isn't there? That's the difference. It's not
0: special enough for that um, money.
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought it sounded fabulous. So it's what, a 1.8 litre, isn't it? Yeah, and it went um, well, didn't it? it sounded yeah.
0: good, went well. It
1: was quick. Um, Sharp, oh yeah, handled quick. well. Absolutely. I, I mean, I have to say in that sense, um, you know, it, it seemed to, they say they focused on it being light, aero, that kind of thing. Um, and they've radically transformed the axle and, and suspension design. Apparently, Yeah, they messed about with it a lot,
0: so. put big brakes on it and things. Yeah, and,
1: um, and I think you can tell all of that. Um, so I think if you, it depends what environment in a way for me. So if it was a on track, I think it would really come alive and it would make you smile a lot. Yes. On road, it felt too firm. Yeah. And a bit clunky. It
0: was almost harsh, um, wasn't it? The ride.
1: Yeah, and and you know we'll come on to other reviews later on in different episodes with cars that you'd expect to be harsh, but now very sophisticated <laughs> suspension setups. Yeah. And that's what that was lacking. Is it'd be mega on track, but on road, um, it was unbelievably harsh. Um, probably we, well, we one filmed, of the it, harshest... didn't we?
0: People, if you watch the videos, you can hear. Oh yeah. That it's a very you can't it. really no hear what we're Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. So, so that that's certainly something. Um, but no, I mean, it was built well, and I think a great car for track. But for me personally, things like um, the the brakes were a bit too heavily uh, servo assisted, so they're a bit snatchy. The pedal arrangement could have been a bit better, and the gearbox could have felt so, yeah. shorter throw, a bit nicer. You know, again, I think it's all down to that price bracket because if that was, like, say, £25, 30 grand, you'd probably think, okay. But for the money, that's a really good car. But as soon as you get into fifty, seventy, you start rightly or wrongly a bit. you start you your want expectations att- go yes. up, don't they? Because the, 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 the
0: detail's not there for that level yeah. of
1: cost. Yeah. So I think obviously it's rare. It's a good thing in that it goes up in value. Um it's a nice little toy. Yeah, I think red decals, red Oh, wheels Absolutely, them. I think in that the styling you cannot fault it. No. You know, the styling, what they've done in many respects, the sound, the engine um so yeah I think an all-round good car but for the road if you wanted to drive it on the road as well I'm not sure if the novelty would wear off pretty quick Yeah yeah with the car I think it would yeah yeah but yeah, so but we've we've done a review on that which we'll put on the channel um anyway, so you can actually see it in action, see what you think. Yeah. Um but also then we've got the Targa
0: Targa 4S. Yeah. So Porsche's we know about, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if you, any any regular listeners will know that we're we're Porsche files and we
1: <laughs> we've spent
0: a lot of time in nine eleven, yeah. And this is a, a obviously Targa 4S is an, is a nine nine two. Mhm. Tiger 4S, you know, it's, it's what you would expect it to be. It's beautiful.
1: Yeah, and this was the Heritage Edition. Now, apparently, they're going to release other models. So. This is tied in more, I believe, to like the nineteen fifties and they're yeah. gonna do like a sixties, seventies and eighties. Yeah. Heritage editions that kind of thing. Oh that'd right, no be doubt. so <laughs> awesome if they do that. Yeah. So this was cherry metallic, wasn't it? It um, was. And it had vinyl like decals, um
0: Yeah. So big round well. and things. So you can put, you can have a number, you can have any number on it apparently. Porsche will put your number on it. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. this one didn't have a number on it, did it? No, it didn't, it? no, no. Um, no.
1: no. no. Yeah, and of course it's very, very Porsche. Um, obviously the finish of it. Um, but, but the little
0: the, design things, like the, the what made the heritage edition, like the gold badges yeah, had on it, yeah, green dials. Which if you, the last mm-hmm. car that I know that had that was the 911 50, mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. a fabulous car. Yeah, one of my um, favorites. Oh so. yeah, all the green dials. Like like, so I, I was lucky enough to race an early 60s 911, mm-hmm. and that were all green dials in it, which is mm-hmm. how they were. So obviously mm-hmm. this is going back to three, five, sixes. So Absolutely. even earlier than that. Absolutely. Um, so the Rev Counter looks like the Rev Counter out of a three
1: mm-hmm. Absolutely. But then it's a
0: modern modern Porsche, you know. But that's
1: what's so clever. As much as some people criticise Porsche, um, for not perhaps being radical enough. Or was it Clarkson? Enough,
0: Jeremy Clark said they've got the design Porsche designs got the easiest job in the world. Yeah. <laughs> but of course But actually they completely redesign the thing every time. Uh,
1: absolutely. And the thing is they know what works and it's very distinctive. You, um, in many respects uh, for a long time you only need to, to listen and know exactly it was yeah. a Porsche I know that's changing a bit now because it has to um, but the way they look is so distinctive whether it's you know something from the 60s 50s or something now that, that's yeah. that's the thing is it's very um, to its roots and its heritage and that's what's so cool about this so it's still underneath a, a target where well, we were in the the S model so both three to by turbos again aren't yeah. they um, so this one was 440, horse power, yeah, yeah brake horsepower. But because it they looks retro. wheel drive as well, aren't they? For yeah. the Targa, that
0: is. But it looks retro because it's the Targa. So yeah. 993, I think, and mm. 996, 997. Is that right? Targas? Were a glass roof panel,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: which you can get a glass roof panel anything now. So, they so 991 they went back to the big rollover yeah, bar design, yeah, yeah. which is what well, this well, has got. It so, like it looks retroy anyway. So, then with all the extra bits on it, it's a really yeah. cool looking thing. And
1: of course, the roof. Um, I mean, I'm sure most people have seen it now, but if you haven't, it's a proper Heath um, Robinson
0: thing. The roof, isn't it,
1: it but it's awesome, yeah. And the way it comes, but it's, it's a big chunk of the car that comes up. you still have to do it from stationary. Yeah. Um, I mean, at first, there's a lot of car hanging off, <laughs> but honestly, yeah. Move. but also it brought, it blocks the lights doesn't yeah, it, the real lights yeah. so um, I believe that's the biggest reason why compared to the convertible yeah. that they didn't do it but I'm sure weight and everything else yeah is, it's a big old chunk of yeah, absolutely. roof disappears of it it. I'm sure it could be done but imagine they if you thought, part you know,
0: too close to a wall as well because it, so, it goes quite quite a long way to buy it oh, there.
1: now I've been paranoid of that demonstrating yeah. it to clients on um, occasions. Yeah, thinking <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be the person that does that <laughs> yeah, yeah. so how did you damage <laughs> your car well I remember doing that with a, a Panamera actually, um, doing a job for Porsche and getting down to London and managed to navigate my way through this underground car park. And anybody that knows a Panny knows how big they are. Stressed myself out, I thought, oh, finally I've got in and I'm parked. And I pressed the key for the boot, thinking that it has a it sensor. It would be clever,
0: yeah. <laughs> and, it did. When it hit the roof, it stopped.
1: Yeah, and so it smashed straight into the roof, damaged oh all the God. badge and all that. And I thought, I made it this far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the last bit. <laughs> Because of course, it just switched off at that point. Yeah. Pressed a thing and didn't think that because it's an underground car park, really tight the, at uh, the level of the roof. Yeah, you know, it Was know, very very low. Yeah. Because you can stop being... them and it
0: remembers, doesn't it? But yeah, I hadn't. hadn't oh,
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I not got that far. No, um, so no. that was a mistake. <laughs> yeah. So good point. But um, yeah. So this this car is very much uh, on its own sort of path compared to other 911s. In that it it's is, more, yeah. Far more of a grand tourer, isn't it really? Yeah, because it's
0: the heaviest of the of Yeah, the it's about you 40, can
1: get. 40, 40, 40, Forty kilos heavier. Than Forty. Oh, you can see now. I can't talk. Forty <laughs> kilos heavier than the convertible. Um. So, it, yeah, it's 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 a lot heavier. But to be fair. I think unless you're on track, leaning on it, you wouldn't notice. I it, don't please. think you'd notice. it so clever with active it. suspension <laughs> yeah, and torque yeah. vectoring yeah. and all these other things yeah. they have now that I, I really don't think you'd notice. But a big talking point with Targa and something we get asked a lot is the buffeting. Yes. So about halfway through the nine nine one Targa cycle, they they um, added on a little front spoiler. They did, um, yeah. At the top of the, so the, the windscreen, pops up. There's a yeah. like
0: little blade.
1: Yeah. Um, so that's still there. Honestly, I don't know if that's been redesigned a little bit. I think from looking at it, it looked like it had. But honestly, I'm not sure by how much. Um, but what were your thoughts on the buffeting?
0: It's still, it still is buffeting. Mm. It's noisy. But I suppose, depends how you look at it. So if you drive a 1975 Target, that'll buff it like crazy, won't it? <laughs> yeah, so perhaps it's, to the full, it's gone for the full retro <laughs> treatment and you can't hear yourself thinking it. But the problem is with modern ones, you know, if you get a, a, a cab... Um, you know, and drop the roof on that, put the windbreak up. Yeah, you don't really get any buffeting or wind in the car at all. They're fabulous. Yeah, that that's um,
1: kind of what it's against in some ways, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so it's just the technology's moved kind of... on as much as anything else, yeah. isn't it? Really, uh, absolutely. So I think that's kind of a. Um, yeah i found anything over about 45 it's pretty nice you gotta start
0: shouting yeah
1: but i mean it is horses for courses i i've met many a client that is super happy with their target yeah and it does not bother them at all so i think yeah it's something to be aware of before you purchase one and you i would always say try it out if you can i know that's always really hard you know because of course a lot of centers don't have targets to try out but um be aware of that watch videos but yeah I, I certainly wouldn't put me off one um no. but it's just something to be aware of mm. isn't it really um so yeah we're going to do some more driving gym ge- driving gem- uh, yes yeah, so we've reviews. not recorded
0: a driving gem for a bit have we so yeah um but this is one that we've it came up with the cars that we've been driving this week
1: it, yeah so we found in a variety of cars um sometimes the the setup of the seat is very high and yeah. you can't get it low you feel like, and you're even top like in thing. cars like we've had it with mclarens and things haven't we? Yeah. where you think hang on a minute how can't be sat on the floor but feel so high <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and it doesn't it, and admittedly when i say with mclarens it does depend on which seat option you go for <laughs> may i add but yeah so we found that a bit with the trophy yard didn't we uh where it was like right i want to be a bit lower a bit lower it couldn't get it low can get any
0: lower, no you, you keep looking for the adjustment then it's yeah. just down as far as it'll go
1: yeah um so it's not the most sexy driving gem, no no it, but really? it's but it's
0: an important one it's the starting point really isn't yeah. it? yeah
1: so we were going to talk very briefly because we don't to voices uh with seat set up really weren't we um because it's something that's so easily missed i think it's easy to get in a car and just go you know yeah. just make sure you can reach the pedals off you go and even still today the amount of people that aren't aware that the steering wheel comes in and out, up and down. And yeah. I appreciate older cars didn't necessarily, but they do now. Um and yeah, there's so many more adjustments. I mean gosh, on some of the Porsches now, it's crazy, isn't it? The seat adjustments. Huge adjustments um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I don't know if you want to just run through
0: Well, I mean they're starting with the height of the thing. Um, it depends. obviously it depends how tall you are, so if you're short in the body, which some people are, mm. um, you've still got to get yourself sat in the right place so that you can see comfortably, because mm-hmm. um, you don't want to be just staring at the dashboard and can't see out. <laughs> yeah. um, so you want to be about a third to a half of the way up the windscreen, I think, is quite a good place to start in terms yeah. of height. Yeah. But then what I tend to be, talk to people about is it's all about soft bends in your limbs. Mm-hmm. So you start with the clutch, or if there's no clutch, then footrest, mm-hmm. You want to set the the, the the seat for that so that when your leg is fully stretched, it's not locked out. Mm-hmm. That's a good place to start, really, because the other starts to play havoc with your lower back and...
1: Well, yeah, a lot of, lot of people stuff. do. How many people come to us and say, oh, what I'm looking at the 18-way adjustable seat because I get back problems. And then you look at how they're sat and then... Yeah. Actually, I probably shouldn't say this because Porsche would probably rather buy the <laughs> way just put back. But actually, but if you get in a bucket
0: seat, you know you sat and bolt upright in those because that's yeah. the other thing is people lie down quite a lot. bit. You um, know.
1: Absolutely, I mean the bucket seats have got better for that because they so, used to be so bolt upright. If you put a helmet on. You're like staring at, yeah, that, yeah. staring at my boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hard to do. <laughs> but anyway. No, uh, yeah, you're not allowed to comment. Um, yeah, so sorry, carry on. I've um, no, interrupted all right.
0: you. do have lost train thought So what you're looking for then, same with your arms. Now we always talk about putting your wrist, don't we, on top of the steering wheel. And you should be able to do that without stretching out the seat. Mm. So that when you drop your hands back down to the quarter three position, you've got that soft bend in your arms. So that's quite a good guide, and then just set the kind of height of the wheel. Mm. You always like to try and say hands level with your shoulders, don't you?
1: Well, no, so it's kind of tops of the thumb, Tops of the thumbs, um, right, okay. Sort of round the shoulder line. I like, well, certainly with a race car, I've always found um, leverage is better that way. Yeah. Um, the, once you get lower, A little bit the too leverage, close is better
0: than a little bit too far away.
1: Yeah, leverage um, for turning, if I find... I guess it does depend a little bit, like you say, on the, this is where it gets a bit complicated on the height of the torso and so, but yeah, but then, uh, then, then overall, you've got to try and
0: make sure you can see the dials.
1: Yeah, and stuff. overall for me, what works is not quite like hands in line with the shoulder, just below, so that will work out roughly the tops of your thumbs or whatever. Um, and then that that sort of works quite well, um, because then you have good leverage when you're turning. Because when if you go too high, let's say you have your hands above your shoulder line you try turn that's actually really really tricky Mm. and the same if you go too low but actually that leads on to another little point which probably worth just mentioning very briefly is the one of the steering methods at we yeah. encourage people to use yeah, with fixed input. Yeah, go yeah. on. You talk about that. Well, no, it's okay. You go. There's lots of different steering techniques. But we'll talk
0: about steering in more detail another time. But one we talk about certainly on track is what we call fixed input, which is basically keeping your hands in one place, mm. like you see racing drivers do. So you can you can get you know, a fairly amount of steering lock in without moving your hands around comfortably. Mm-hmm. So you know you've got everything set right if you can fixed input without
1: absolutely. And it discomfort. gives you ultimately a bit more feel and feedback because you're not taking your hands constantly off the wheel no. so, and it's like, not the only you... way of steering and no. it's not
0: the you know there's but it does resources for courses
1: yeah i think it's a great thing to do with modern cars because steering racks are quick yeah um you know i so i think uh gosh most modern cars now very rarely do i have to take my hands off the wheel no. and, and, and shuffle around of course sometimes with parking that kind of thing but once i'm going not really um so then it you have to look is it is it necessary to take your hands off the wheel if you've got your hands there and you're feeling everything through the front end more you're more engaged aren't you yeah um it's also two of your smoother. main contact
0: patches is your hands
1: absolutely and it's smoother yeah um you know it's something we work on a lot with clients as soon as they stop moving their hands around the wheel and get in a position the wear feels so much more comfortable and confident with it yeah um, and you'll notice a lot of wheels are designed to have grooves to wrap. Rub- thumbs in um and even with autos now a lot not all but a lot the paddles move with the wheel don't they yeah so if you start shuffling your hands about you lose complete (laughs) trace of where the paddles are as well so um yeah a number of things but we'll do a proper driving gem for that won't we yeah later on but yeah seat setup ideally as low as you feel comfortable with for feel and feedback if you're perched on top of the car you're not going to really get that feel um no Make sure, like you say, you've got bends—you know, sort of elbows bends, yeah, and knees. Yeah, um, even when fully extended, you don't want to be stretching out. And yeah, your hands want to be just roughly around below the shoulder line when you've got your wheel set. And what was the other one? Oh yeah, twelve o'clock. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> for, yeah. <laughs> for your arms real as top, top, well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, it's just worth looking at really with any of the cars you're hopping in. Make sure it's it's in a good position ultimately. Yeah. So, what cool. are we covering next week?
0: um so uh, i'm not sure there's another sports car race coming up i'm not sure uh
1: i will come back to you on that one actually i will need because to motor sports
0: off. all gone a bit quiet hasn't it because everything's well, waiting for covid to yeah calm i some stuff some stuff happening over the weekend some club stuff but nothing yeah. nothing of well, any major we'll, note. We'll,
1: um, yeah look at that but we're going to do another couple, of car reviews, another couple of car reviews um as well and also we've got some uh, up and coming guests as well um, which we will, yeah, we'll confirm dates with that, won't we, as, yes. as we go? So, um, yeah, to mix, mix it up a little bit. But um, any any questions or any cars you'd like us to review, anything like that, then? Any questions do, you've got about
0: the time and technique, anything like that? Just, yes, just
1: know, yeah. Yes. send us an email. Okay, thanks a lot, guys.
0: Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Velocity podcast fast and fluid conversation with Kat and Kate and Richard Bond Don't forget to subscribe via your chosen podcast provider and never miss an episode of the Veloce Podcast